Hey, welcome back to Functional Spirituality. Today, I have a friend of mine on with me, and we're going to be talking about yoga and mental health. So I met Denise hmm, many years ago, maybe (laughs) seven, eight, nine years ago or so. We were living in this yoga community, yoga school in Thailand that you have heard me speak about before. And we were friends there. We were co-teachers. We were students together. I'm sure we, we actually did some levels together. We were in the same class for a little bit. And I, you know, once we left the school, I had seen a little bit of what Denise was up to and was really interested in it. I was interested in what she was doing, but I, I didn't really understand it at the time. I think you had written a book. Um, And you started to kind of veer away from the teachings that we had, you know, been indoctrinated in, in our school. (laughs) And then um, a couple months ago, maybe six months ago or so, Denise reached out to, for me to support her in a yoga teacher training that she was putting together. Um, And you know, because we were friends, I, I I had a look, I think I was busy and maybe not really interested in doing more work and another project because I had so many projects on. But as soon as I had a look at what the training was, I was immediately interested and I immediately recognized that it had so much value. And what kind of attracted me to this training was that it was providing a toolkit, like a curated toolkit of mental health tools for yoga practitioners. And it was something that, you know, there was a lot of variety, everything from using the voice to, you know, heart math, and then wanting me to bring in, you know, non-duality and meditation. So it was going to just be this very um, well curated training. So I immediately was interested and wanted to support And now is an opportunity for me to chat with Denise a little bit more and to get a better feel for why she's so interested in this field and what it means to be aware of mental health. And I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation and some of the answers that she brings. So welcome to the podcast, Denise. Thank you for inviting me, Ava. My pleasure. So I thought we could start by, um, yeah, maybe you just giving a little bit of an introduction about yourself, just a crash course in, um, you know, what got you into yoga and mental health, and especially what took you from the yoga that we were learning, that kind of transition, I'm really interested in what happened to get you interested in um, mental health right after you had left Agama, if that is the timeline that things happen for you. Yeah. So um, maybe I'll start with what got me into yoga. I actually, um, as a teenager, I was 16 years old when I took my first yoga class. And that was a really challenging time for me. I was going through um, anxiety and depression. And um, I just tried a local yoga class and that first yoga class, um, it was a beautiful class, candlelit atmosphere. And at the end of the class, I really had this feeling of deep connection with myself and sort of a peacefulness that came over me. 
um, that I hadn't really had before. You know, when you're in your teenage years, you're not really um, thinking about inner peace. And so that was a really special experience for me. So that was the first time that I did yoga. Um, I actually went on to university, I got my master's degree in criminology and I kept up with my yoga practice and after graduating I decided to do my first yoga teacher training, became a yoga teacher. I quite seriously continued with uh, studying yoga. Um, I was always interested in the human mind and the human psyche and especially what happens when there's a lot of suffering, how we express that suffering and that's why I studied criminology. But I was always more interested in the therapeutics. So yoga for me, it offered a modality into studying the mind more, um, but also having this modality of really working with the body and um, coming to more connection with the self, both physically, emotionally and mentally. Um, yeah, reconnecting with that sense of fullness, peacefulness and alive. So indeed, we, we met in, in Thailand in, uh, in that yoga school. And as I went through the teachings there, I learned so much about yoga. And at some point, because I'd been teaching yoga for many years um, before that, I, I got qualified um, in 2009. And there was a, a doctor at that yoga school as well, putting together a yoga therapy program. And she asked me to be part of the team um, to teach a more dynamic yoga classes there because that was what my background was in. And I first really hesitated because at that time I had been looking into therapeutic yoga and of course mental health was my thing, but I somehow didn't feel qualified to teach on a yoga, te uh, yoga therapy teacher training. So I actually de uh, declined the position twice. And after a few months, she still hadn't found anyone. So I was like, well, you know, maybe maybe i'll just go for it like she clearly wants me to be there and that was my first introduction to like official yoga therapy therapeutic yoga teacher training program and a whole new world opened up to me um because yeah the yoga i had been studying before that i had been studying many different styles of yoga but the approach was always um in many ways quite similar um, even though it was different styles of yoga and I'll go a little bit more into detail what I mean by that later on. Um, so a whole new world opened up to me and I ended up doing the, the training myself and continued to be part of the uh, teaching team of that yoga therapy teacher training. And so it was in that time as well that, uh, you know, when you study yoga therapy, obviously you're not only looking at mental health, but so many different aspects of applying yoga therapeutically. At some point I really felt like, okay, I want to specialize more in this. For me, it just made sense that it was going to be mental health, um, both because of my studies, but also my personal life experience and my personal struggles with depression and anxiety. So um, yeah, like you mentioned, I, I specialized in mental health and I wrote a book about yoga for depression and anxiety. And so since then, I've just been going deeper into those topics, also studying and learning more about trauma and the nervous system. Yeah, it's, um, it's just a topic that has become my life's work, something that I'm really, really passionate about and something I get never tired of studying because there is always so much more. And I love how there's on the one hand, the, the formal studies that you can do 
but on the other hand how it allows me to to investigate myself to relate to myself because of course like uh, yeah mental health um, the mind emotions it's something that we all have right so it's um it's a beautiful path of self-inquiry and of self-care as well yeah i'm just like reflecting over that time you know knowing you at the school knowing when um Mihaela put on that first therapeutic yoga training and at that time I was just so immature you know I I was all about the traditional yoga and I was like what is all this new stuff and mental health and trauma and I was really skeptical about that training I had just zero interest mm. just zero interest in that work um, and it just, you know, I'm just observing my, my, how immature I was back then. And it took so long for me to take mental health seriously. And it really wasn't until um, I had my own mental health crisis. And luckily, I had built up tools and skills, but I had never used any of them to investigate mental health for us. And I want to um, just circle back quickly to that comment that you made about, um, you know, pre previous to that, all the yoga styles that you had been exposed to were all similar. Um, I just want to know what in, in your words or, you know, in what did, what do you judge those similar styles as, or how, how would you define them? Yeah, I think um, I was referring exactly to what you just mentioned now, that even yes. though they're all different styles of yoga, the way that they are taught and the cueing is often very similar and lacking in a deeper education of, of what it means to be trauma sensitive, mental health aware. I think that is so important because today most people come to yoga classes to improve their well-being and for most people that means improving in some way their mental health be it through reducing stress managing anxiety preventing or recovering from burnout dealing with depression or dealing with high sensitivity the topic of mental health is so present and intertwined with how we live today and our societies like so many people are struggling with chronic stress and all the um, symptoms and um, health problems that come from that. When you know that most of the students that you're currently teaching are in some way struggling with their mental health, then to me, it's just obvious that this is something that we need to educate ourselves more about as yoga teachers. And it's something that's not very present in normal yoga teacher trainings because they are quite short. Um, so, yeah, I find it um, unmissable for, for yoga teachers to yeah to to learn more um, and bring that into the yoga classes because ultimately, it's, as yoga teachers, what we are doing is we are creating a, a space. We're holding a space where 
we use different techniques like working with the body, with the breath, mindfulness, awareness, with the goal that at the end of class our students feel more relaxed, they feel more connected, perhaps they're dropping more into inner silence, um, deepening into that feeling of connection or oneness. That's why we teach yoga, to give students that experience. If the way that we are teaching is not mental health aware or trauma sensitive, then the cueing that we're using or how we're sequencing our class may actually have exactly the opposite effect on some of our students where they feel uncomfortable in the class, they get triggered, um, they feel more restless, more anxious and uncomfortable. And then our yoga class is actually not working. So by learning more about mental health, um, both from a physiological nervous system perspective, but also from a spiritual and more energetic perspective, can learn how to use the tools that we have. So talking about yoga tools, but also how to incorporate other tools, um, how to adapt the tools that we have and gear it towards certain audiences, be it general trauma-informed and mental health-aware classes or specific classes um, for stress, anxiety or depression, for example. Yeah, I think, you know, in a perfect world, this training that you're offering, which is for, for yoga teachers, right? It's for people who have already mm -hmm. kind of studied yoga, um, yoga teaching. It it would just be compulsory, but, you know, it's it's not... And um, yeah, I think this is really highlighting so much about functional spirituality and, you know, highlighting my journey in, in this path as well, that I, when I started um, teaching yoga, I was so young and I was really indoctrinated in this um, style of yoga that it really didn't take mental health seriously because, mm -hmm. and it's, it's just I don't know if I, if I would say right now that it's reflected in the wisdom traditions and in these ancient traditions, but it's definitely following a lineage of prioritizing detachment and bypassing the content mm -hmm. of our experience in order to attain these mystical states and, and things like that. So the school that we were, that we met at was strong, like was highly prioritizing enlightenment and ridiculing the mind in many ways, anytime yeah. that it wasn't, or anytime that people basically were showing symptoms of stress. Like, yeah. <laughs> or emotion. Or emotion, absolutely. <laughs> and it's a huge contradiction because, you know, emotion and the mind were also highly revered as Shakti and, you know, the tantric tradition and um, you know, so in one breath, they were revered. And in another breath, they on a practical level, they were being ridiculed. So it took me a while to take mental health seriously, because of my kind of initial training. And, you know, now looking back, it seems so immature and, and childish, but I didn't have that framework. So it would have been great if you, if you were one of my teachers in that school, I <laughs> Yeah, softened softened me into um, being interested in in mental health. Um, so one other question that I have, like that I'm interested in, is so then what have you been up to since then? Because that would have been ages ago, would have been like seven years ago that you um, first, I guess, 
supported on the faculty of that um, therapeutic yoga therapeutic training. Um, and then what have you been up to until now? Because now, I mean, I've just seen you kind of pop up with this training. I know you've been doing work. So what work have you been facilitating? Yeah, so I, uh, I published a book a few years ago um, about yoga for depression and anxiety. And I've been working with uh, clients one-on-one. So I've been working specifically supporting people that struggle with depression, anxiety, uh, mainly, and high sensitivity. Um, so yeah, I've been doing therapeutic work with, with people one-on-one. I've been really enjoying that. I also created a little course, on online course for people that uh, just want to do something by themselves on yoga for depression and anxiety. And yeah, the past um, eight months or so, I've been working on putting this teacher training program together. Yes, nice. And um, so what made you think now is the time to put a teacher training together? Is it something you've always wanted to do or it just kind of you got inspired just this last year? Hmm. Um, I've been thinking for a while about putting a teacher training program together. I feel like sometimes in life you have these intentions and something that you want to do. And then at some time, uh, some time just happens that the time is right and mm. it just gets manifested. I feel like that's kind of what happens. And also because, yeah, of course, throughout the years, I've taught a lot of yoga and I've been to a lot of yoga classes. And so often I have an experience where I feel like like, for example, I took um, a, a yoga class for anxiety um, uh, a few uh, days ago. And <laughs> I think I so, saw your angry Facebook post about this. Yeah, I made a post about it. And there was actually one point I haven't mentioned yet in that post. And I'm going to mention it now. So this was a yoga class for anxiety. It was a YouTube video, a very beautiful yin yoga class. And around the third posture into that sequence, um, I don't remember what posture it is, but it was kind of like a reclining yin yoga posture. The teacher says, feel the peace inside you and all around you. So this is a yoga class for anxiety. And generally speaking, people that struggle with anxiety, they do not feel peaceful. They really don't feel peaceful inside themselves and struggle to feel the peace around them. Like for some students, maybe three postures into the class, they let's go, they unwind and are like, oh yeah, I can feel that peacefulness. But a lot of students won't feel that in that moment. And so very often as yoga teachers, we have these good intentions, but they don't always work. Like obviously this teacher was wanting the students to connect with that feeling of, of peacefulness, right? And to, to connect with that, to feel it in the, in the body. But instead of cueing it in such a way, they just said, feel the peace inside you and all around you, kind of telling the students what to feel. And this is just one example of how cueing can be not mental health aware at all. And what happens in situations like that, a student that's not feeling peaceful, they might tense up and freeze up and be like, oh, but I'm not pe feeling peaceful. Is everyone around me feeling peaceful? Is it just me? Like, why can I not feel peaceful? Like, what is wrong with me? And they might go off into this inner dialogue, getting stuck in their mind. So 
one thing of being mental health aware is to be aware of, uh, of how we're queuing yoga classes, for example, uh, how we're guiding students and not telling students how they should be feeling is, is one of those examples. And I kind of forgot what your question was. I just went off on this rant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, you know, about that, like, it is this balance of one of the most powerful um, gifts or like the, the power of the position that we're in, you know, facilitating this space is that we can offer suggestions, but you have to be so careful that the suggestions are not alienating people or like you said, creating yeah. an opposite effect. So yeah, I, I mean, I can't remember exactly what I asked anyways, but in the course is queuing one of the topics to help people work through that yeah i will definitely uh, touch on that um, i know for a lot of yoga teachers it's an area where they sometimes get a bit stuck or feel insecure about you know yeah. when you've been teaching yoga for a while as well at some point you're like well i feel like i'm being repetitive how can i offer more depth in my yoga classes um, how can i offer better guidance to actually give students that embodied experience of what i'm talking about because for example like the example i just used about uh, feeling peace um, maybe that feeling of peacefulness is not accessible to students and especially if you're telling them that that is what they should be focusing on but perhaps they can focus on other bodily sensations and perhaps they can feel a, a, a sense of more relaxation or ease or somehow pleasure and um, perhaps they can think of a moment where they felt ease and reconnect with that feeling and then feel inside the uh, in the body mm. so it's just all about how we're cueing so that um, we actually guide students into a felt sense and embodied experience of something yeah. um, rather than saying a philosophical phrase that sounds good mm -hmm. but just keeps students stuck in their mind. So this is definitely something that will touch on the yoga uh, teacher training um, as well as how to make our cueing more trauma sensitive. Yeah, I agree you know, that we, we kind of want to turn away from regurgitating philosophical phrases that are suggestive and are not guiding people to an embodied experience. But then at the same time, I don't want people listening to think that, or not at the same time, alongside that, I don't want people who are listening to think that that particular cue feel the peace inside you and all around you is inherently evil or is inherently, yep. there's nothing wrong with that cue, especially if you're in a one-to-one -one and you can sense that that person has released and they're feeling yep. peace. Yeah. If you're giving a YouTube class for anxiety, it's, you know, it's you, unless that person is highly confident that the three poses and the guidance and everything that they've given so far has, you know, 95% chance has led someone to be embodying peace, then you, you might want to be careful with those kind of suggestive phrases. And I'm sensing that what you picked up in the class was that it was maybe a little bit superficial or not so embodied. Like there was phrases mm -hmm. were being thrown out there that were maybe not so appropriate. So there's, I mean, I suggest peacefulness, like there's, there's definitely a um, part of our space holding that is about pointing 
to experiences that we want people to feel, but there are, there are things to be aware of. So, you know, people now hearing you say that people might have even more anxiety about queuing and even less confidence. Like, you know, I'm now I'm scared, not only that I can't provide interesting cues, but that I'm also not trauma, that they're not trauma sensitive. And I think that the antidote to that is to become trauma sensitive. So if you, mm-hmm. if you receive that information and that knowledge and you understand a little bit deeper about what are the inner workings of someone who is experiencing anxiety and depression, that is going to naturally inform the way that you hold space. It's, it's not about the words that you use. It's about the way you're holding that space and having more intentionality and awareness around that. And the only way to build that is to have more awareness around that. So to kind of build this, yeah, awareness of what it means to be trauma sensitive when you're, when you're facilitating spaces. Definitely. You know, just, um, we, we all learn from our personal life experiences. So of course, if you struggle with depression or anxiety, you probably already have a a deeper understanding of what that can mean. And on top of that, just by educating yourself, you will also see that the way people experience anxiety or depression um, is very varied. So people are going through different experiences and yeah, just by, by knowing more, it will, it allows us to understand humans and people better. It opens us to compassion and it allows us to hold that space um, in a way that's more aligned and more suitable for, for that audience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And just education, you know, that education is so important um, Mm -hmm. because you, we have these life experiences of anxiety and depression and different mental health conditions and being in yoga classes and, and being spiritual practitioners and stumbling and fumbling along the path. Like we have those real life experiences, but without education, there's like education provides the framework for that, Mm -hmm. those experiences to actually become a part of your, you know, wisdom as a teacher. Um, Otherwise, you've just they're, they're not connected, you've got Mm -hmm. knowledge as a teacher, that you can regurgitate, and then your own embodied experience, but they're disembodied from each other some way. So I definitely saw that in this training that this would be this will be one of those bridges. So to conclude, I thought you could um, just share a little bit about what is included in this training, like even just a kind of run through of the curriculum, both for someone who might be interested in taking the course, but also, you know, when you see a curriculum like this, you see someone who's a professional who has curated what we actually need to learn about. So I think that that would be very interesting for people as well to see what kinds of topics could make up trauma-sensitive education for people who are interested in this. Yeah, and when I designed uh, the program for this course, that's also really where I started out from. I was like, okay, if you're going to teach yoga classes that are trauma sensitive mental health aware what are the different topics that need to be addressed and that's kind of what became the different modules for this course so um yeah we're starting the training um looking into trauma and trauma sensitive teaching because i 
I hesitated, but in the end, I made this the first module of the course because so many people that struggle with their mental health do have underlying trauma. So that's the first thing that we're going to look into and uh, talk about and address. Yeah, so then we're going to look into movement and somatics. Um, so here is also when we're going to look in, into cueing, because I found that when we're teaching yoga for mental health, it can be very, very beneficial to learn more about somatics and teach yoga in a more somatic way. So by somatic, I mean that we're really tuning into the movements and sensations of the physical body at a very deep and very subtle level. So sometimes that means that we're going to make the movements much smaller. So we're going to explore many different practices and exercises here to offer inspiration, let's, yeah, I'll call it inspiration, to offer inspiration um, for, for movement and different ways of movement and approaching a yoga practice. Because sometimes when we've been practicing the same yoga postures for many, many years, we start practicing them in a very mechanic and automatic way. When we're going back to somatics, then we're going to approach each movement back with this beginner's mind and curiosity and explore sensation. So that's something that we're going to look into into our uh, second module, as well as cueing, because um, if you've ever taken more somatic practice classes like Feldenkrais, they have a, a different way of cueing that I think if we bring just a little bit of that into our yoga classes, we, we bring more of this embodiment and this deep connection and self-awareness into our practices. Mm. Um, we're also going to have a module on the nervous system and mental health, learning more about the nervous system, polyvagal theory, exercises for nervous system regulation. Um, we have a module, therapeutic yoga for mental health. We're really going to look into different mental health challenges, um, specifically anxiety, depression, burnout and high sensitivity and how we can sequence our classes specifically to help with those mental health challenges because we're not going to sequence a class for depression in the same way as a class for burnout for example here we'll also bring in some tools um, that do not come from yoga like heart math and we're also going to focus on self-care for yoga teachers because as yoga teachers, we're supporting others. So it's also very important that we look into how we can take care of ourselves to prevent uh, burnout uh, when we're teaching yoga. We have a module where we look into breathing and uh, the use of therapeutic breathing exercises. So we'll look here into breathing in general, the therapeutic use of breathing. We'll also address some of the classical yoga breathing practices, uh, the do's and don'ts and how we can adapt them to make them more therapeutic. And we also have an awesome guest teacher come in, Akari, and she's going to uh, give two lectures on embodied voice work. So working with the breath and voice as a way to work with the emotions. We have a module on psychology and therapeutic skills, um, where we're going to cover some foundations of Western psychology as well as yoga psychology. We're going to look a little bit into inner child work and self-holding practices because these are beautiful practices that you can integrate really well into therapeutic yoga classes. And we're also going to cover some therapeutic skills for yoga teachers. And then 
Our final module is about mindfulness and meditation for mental health. So this is where we're going to look into different approaches to meditation, um, some of the indications and contraindications for specific meditation techniques for mental health challenges. Um, we're also going to look into somatic meditation and the use of that, mindfulness, neuroplasticity, compassion-based resilience, and non-dual meditation for heart-centered healing. So really coming from different perspectives and different techniques to yeah, mindfulness, presence work and meditation. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, seven modules, uh, different topics that uh, help to inform us about mental health and make our classes mental health aware and trauma sensitive. So after doing this training, um, say someone wanted to actually run uh, trauma-sensitive yoga, would they be equipped to run a class like that? Yeah, so it's a continuing education program, which means that if you want to run yoga classes, you will need a prior qualification as a yoga teacher. So it's a specialization program. So yeah, after this training, you can either continue teaching the classes that you're teaching currently and just have new tools, um, more knowledge to make your classes more equipped for mental health and being trauma sensitive. You can also choose to um, work with students one-on-one, -on -one, working through specific challenges. Or like you said, you can run a workshop on, for example, uh, yoga for depression or trauma sensitive yoga. Even though, yeah, it's like, it's about mental health. Some people will be really interested in trauma, go deeper into that during the training or be really interested in anxiety, go deeper into that mm -hmm. in, in the training. Um, so there's many things after that that you can do to take your knowledge into the world. You can uh, start yoga classes specifically for supporting people with burnout, for example. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I can see that um, because all of the modules they kind of seem like they could stand alone or, you know, they're, they're their own field in and of themselves. So someone might be interested in creating a special offering based on just, you know, one of those mm -hmm. um, certain areas. Yeah. And at the same time, the program is really also designed in a way that one module builds a little bit on top of the next, uh, sure. of the previous one. So in the end, you're going through this program of education where you're coming out at the end, really being able to see the bigger picture and integrate everything. Yeah, amazing. It definitely seems well-rounded. And um, now I remember why I was so excited about <laughs> participating <laughs> and also getting to yeah be a participant as well and enjoy the, the content. Is there anything that you feel to share about this topic, the course, um, to leave us with before closing? Yeah, maybe um, I'll just mention it's an 80-hour program that we're spreading over a full year. Some are not included, so like a full academic year. And we decided to do it this way because um, it gives you class time of one and a half hours per week um, with breaks for holidays. So uh, the workload is not immense. It's intensive, but it's accessible to anyone. So even if you have a full-time job, we thought this is a beautiful spread of workload and gives you the time as well to 
integrate everything that you're learning into the classes that you're currently teaching um, yeah. and the program starts on the 3rd of September people can still get more information or sign up and we also have a scholarship available uh, for yeah, this program for someone yeah. that wants to join yep so you've got both a full and a half tuition scholarship yeah. available mm -hmm. yeah amazing it, it's it's really exciting. So I think anyone who's interested in it, um, if you're feeling really excited about the thought about joining this course and um, upskilling yourself, then reach out to us, reach out to me, and I will send you more details about the course. Thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us, Denise. I'm looking forward to sharing the year with you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ava. So happy to have you on board. <laughs> yes, you're very welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.